0: This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Back here on Orange Nation, we are brought to you by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. And we head back to the phone lines now to bring on the host of the Olympics, the host of Football Night in America, and... Most importantly, for these purposes, the voice of the Notre Dame Irish on NBC Sports. We bring in Mike Tirico. Mike, how are you? Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, how's everything going? Uh,
1: good afternoon. It is uh, going well. Thanks. I've had a good chance to be up up there uh, on campus three of the last uh, four weeks, I guess. So had a lot of Syracuse time here, and certainly looking forward to the game on Saturday. What a what a fun time it should be for all of us. Yeah, it
0: really should. And, and, Mike, I wanted to start there. Uh, what I know you were on college football for a little bit before you did Monday Night Football uh, at ESPN. What's the last Syracuse game you called? Did you do one at ESPN? Does it go back to the WAER oh, days?
1: Yeah, no, I, I did I did several. I did college football at ESPN from 97 to 05. So I guess that was about eight years of doing that. And then there were a lot of weeks where I would do uh, a game on Thursday, the Thursday night game on ESPN, and then do a Saturday game for ABC. So there were a bunch there, and then from '93 to '96, so that'd be four years. I worked in the studio doing the uh, the updates, halftime, pregame, postgame, and then when College Game Day was on the road, I was the guy back in the studio doing all the highlights around the scoreboard show. So I've had a lot of college football time. Uh, my last Syracuse game would probably be oh. 0- Five against Florida State, an ABC regional game. I think that's the last last game I did. But I, I did. I've done several games uh, in the dome. I've done uh, a, a bunch on the road. Uh, when Syracuse played in the Champ Sports Bowl, the end of the Coach P uh, run, I, I did that game. So I, I've been around it a lot. And like you said, I, I did a you know, handful of games when I was a student at WAR. So. Plenty of those, and then a lot more uh, Syracuse basketball over the years. So I I probably, I don't have a count, but I'd probably say it's three or four dozen uh, Syracuse games I've called for during my time back at ESPN.
0: Yeah, definitely. uh, A lot over the years, and as you mentioned, definitely a lot more basketball games, probably, (laughs) than the football side of things. no doubt. Mike, and when you got this assignment, uh, you're in the unique position. I I think that when we talked to some of your colleagues at ESPN, they get their assignment week to week. You know Notre Dame's schedule. You you know what games you're going to be doing. What were your thoughts when you saw this one pop up and and you you knew Syracuse and Notre Dame was going to be on your schedule?
1: Yeah, well I knew it a couple of years ago when I started doing this, uh, that Syracuse and Nerd aimed book out play and then found out what everyone did last year, actually a little bit before when the conversation started, there was an opportunity this game would be Yankee Stadium. Uh so that was exciting for me as a kid who grew up in New York, uh and just a sports fan in general because of the other than the pinstripe bowl, the infrequency of uh of these games at Yankee Stadium. Uh it, it's a thrill to get a chance to call a football game at one of the most famous stadiums uh, in the world, really, and not just American sports, but in the world. And you put on top of that uh, that it's two teams that are ranked in the top 12 of uh, every significant metric right now in terms of polling and rankings. This is probably the biggest football game played in New York City in over a half century, which is just you know, cherry on top. I Obviously, my uh, affinity and connection to Syracuse uh, ha- has been well documented, and I-, I really enjoy being connected to Notre Dame and uh, being able to call their games and go to their campus, you know, eight nine times a year uh, to be a part of Notre Dame football. Those are special Saturdays. It's uh, a- as tradition-rich a program as there is in the entire sport, and uh, it's a very special university too. So to put those two together is is a big thrill for me. It's going to be a one one heck of a game. As excited as I've been about a game I've been working in in at least a decade
0: you know you bring up an interesting point there with the history and and I'm a sports history nerd and, and love all this stuff this is a I mean Yankee Stadium doesn't host football games they used to obviously host the Giants a bunch and, and Navy games and Army sure. games this is easily as you said the biggest game in, in quite some time down there do, do you think that you'll you'll dive into to some of that stuff the history of football there and and what's gone on at Yankee Stadium or hey there's a pretty big uh, yeah. game going on
1: as much as you can, you have two teams that like to play fast. So, uh, you know, it, as, if there's one thing that has changed broadcasting college football, there are less opportunities to do anything but the play in front of you because of the pace of the game, uh, which is that's the way the game has evolved. That's fine. It just it means we've had to adjust as broadcasters. Football was always a very rich environment for – after four plays, maybe two of them, you can show a replay and explain why it happened, and maybe after the third, you can you know, metaphorically take the helmet off the player and explain who they are, some relevant story. So you know, in the trappings in and around the game, we'll be able to discuss that a little bit. But uh, Army and Notre Dame played their annual game at Yankee Stadium for many years, and many of those were great games. Going back to the 40s, where it would be, Uh, Definitely one that was described as the game of the century back then before the 68 uh, Notre Dame-Michigan State game, the 93 Florida State-Notre Dame game. So Yankee Stadiums had this, the old Yankee Stadium, had this tremendous place in college football history, in large part because of Army and Notre Dame. When they played, those were the two national programs. They had great players like Johnny Lujak and uh, Doc Blanchard and, uh, they were involved in key plays. There's a famous 0 tie game that was one against two, Army and Notre Dame. It involved two of the biggest individual stars at that time. College football was very big post-war. So uh, there is incredible history to it. We can't get into much of it during the game, but to know it and to be able to relate it to folks who, who otherwise don't know that is uh, certainly a part of the, uh, the game plan going into this one for all of us.
0: We're talking with Mike Tirico from NBC Sports. He will, of course, be on the call Saturday afternoon at Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. Syracuse and Notre Dame. And, and Mike, I wanted to dive in a little bit more on Notre Dame here. Sure. Uh, I think that nationally, we look at Alabama and Clemson, and and most people send, tend to put them uh, in a class above the rest. But that next team is Notre Dame. And and do you think Notre Dame, you know, maybe fits in that class with Alabama and and a Clemson? They are still undefeated, and they've looked pretty good, uh, you know, in recent weeks.
1: Sure. You know, it, it, it's so funny. I, I think I think college football, for maybe 50 different reasons, is going down a really bad road. One of them is this whole eye test beauty contest, who's the best right now. It, it's so funny because the same people who will tell you, well, maybe this team should be ahead of this team because of the way they're playing right now, and if they played in September, it doesn't matter. They're the same people who are at the other side of their mouth on ESPN telling you in September that, hey, every game counts. That's why college football is so much better than the NFL. What happens in September really matters. And then when you get to November, they forget that they said that in September. So the, the balance the balance is a little out of whack. Um, I, do I think right now Michigan would be favored against Notre Dame? Yes. But we are ch- crowning a champion in each individual season. And based on the body of work, Notre Dame beat Michigan by seven points Michigan's defense, which is incredible, gave up three touchdowns and a field goal to the Irish. And Notre Dame did it with their number two quarterback and their number two running back. The better player at each position has come about over time here. So you could make a significant argument that Notre Dame now is better than they were then, and they beat a Michigan team that is pretty much personnel-wise exactly where they were back then. So I think the conversation of who's the better team out of those two uh, is, is a wasted conversation. I think clearly the answer is Notre Dame all in the field. And I, I would say that the Irish have gotten better from that point. And it's hard to extrapolate what the Clemson and the Alabama ceiling is and what the gap is uh, from two to three. I, I will say this. We've got the team in Notre Dame who just by the college football playoff rankings has the best win of the season. That's the game against michigan and we have in syracuse the team that has the best loss of the season if alabama and clemson are that much ahead of everybody else which is what everybody widely believes nobody's come close to alabama the closest anyone's come to clemson is texas a&m in college station and syracuse at clemson and people say well clemson's quarterback got hurt well he, he didn't he didn't trip over the 45 yard line Syracuse's defense hit him hard and knocked him out of the game. That, that's part of football. You know? that, that's not all oh, an extenuating circumstance. That's a fact of the game. The team that you played hit hard enough to knock him out. And on top of that, with those vaunted four guys going to the NFL defensive line, Syracuse scored 23 points against them. So I would say that the game you have is really can be framed as the team with the best win this year against the team with the best loss this year, and that would uh, that that might put it in a different view for folks as they come up to this one.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a, a great way to frame it, and and I'll I'll be sure to use that. I'll borrow that for the rest of the week, if that's all right.
1: I, just just give, give us a little bit of credit. Of you can do course, whatever you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, I will. And, and Mike, you mentioned the quarterbacks in there. Brandon winbush starting last week. It, it seems all indications uh, that Ian Book back on the on the field this week. Uh, what's been the difference with Book out there, and, and how did they go and, and beat that Florida State team the way they did with their backup last week?
1: Sure. I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I like Brian Kelly as an individual. I like covering Brian Kelly, because as opposed to a lot of the smoke and mirrors you get, you get much more clarity on you know injuries or other things with Brian, and not just with us, with NBC, in his press conference. And every coach plays it the way they want. Brian just happens to play it pretty Pretty honest and pretty, you know, visible. Um, and I give him a lot of credit for that. And he said yesterday that Ian Book was, you know, medically in good shape to go. So it looks like he'll be playing. He said that at his press conference yesterday. Um, Wimbush, what they did with him was tailor the offense to his strength, throwing the deep ball and running and being effective. And that's how they beat Michigan. And uh, Wimbush has been a very significant part of this. And full credit to their team, their locker room, their culture, all this other stuff. They had a quarterback change from a very popular quarterback internally in Wimbush, whose career record at the time was 12 and three. It's now 13 and three, and they went to Ian Book, a guy who had only started one game last year because Wimbush was injured. And Book came in and made the entire offense better, the pacing, the tempo, the yards after catch, everything ratcheted up, and he deserves a ton of credit for that. And Brian Kelly deserves credit for knowing that that move very risky, was the one his team needed to not be good but to have a chance to be great. And uh, full credit to that. What you'll see in Ian Book, assuming his health stays on path this week, is a guy who throws the ball in a place where it can be caught and advanced. He's um, good and shifty in the pocket. He can run. He can keep it. He's not going to design run for 25 yards, but he'll he'll get the yardage he needs to when he needs to uh, and really reads the field well. field well. The ball is out quick and Syracuse being banged up in the secondary is going to have a long day, and the strength of Syracuse's defense, those two defensive ends, probably will have a difficult time because Book is very quick at getting the ball out. So some combination of early coverage that will prevent that easy throw for Book plus Syracuse's defensive ends winning in pass rush situations could be an important thing to watch as folks sit back home Saturday and watch the game.
0: It's pretty interesting as you lay it out there. The top 3 teams in the country all going through a quarterback change in in season yes. this year. Pretty remarkable.
1: It, it, it is and you think of Kelly Bryant who left Clemson and his own circumstance he wants one more year to play and I, I have full you know respect for his right to to do that. What what is the the net net of that? Well, if Kelly Bryant uh stays and Trevor Lawrence gets injured, much like Ian Book got injured, or Lawrence gets injured like he did against Syracuse. Uh, they go to Bryce, they go to a third-string guy, where Kelly Bryant could have come in and saved the game and been a part of uh, the team. You know, it's, a, it's something that, as I said, one of the 25 things or so that college football is really uh, has to address. And Right now, it's if you lose your job, you're moving to uh, transfer somewhere else if you get passed on the depth chart. Uh, which gives you admiration and appreciation for the guys who hang in there and try to make it work as best they can. Um, you know, you, you certainly understand coaches do it all the time. There are other situations out there that maybe there's a place for them to play. But I, I think it's taken the notion of building a team in college football um, from a you know, pushing it to a bygone era, where we're now in an era of the rosters change so much every two years. It's a, It's a different fabric to the game.
0: Mike, I appreciate your time as always. Always enjoy uh, talking with you and, and listening to you on games. I, I've got one more question before we let you go. Sure. Is, is there Absolutely. any? Is there anything orange that you're you're sneaking in? Is it a, a pocket square, <laughs> a, a tie, some cufflinks, a highlighter, anything?
1: <laughs> haven't haven't figured that out yet. Probably not. I'll I'm not going to take off my uh, class ring that I that I wear uh, all the time. It, it, it's I, I've I've tried to tell folks, look, I, I love. Syracuse, it's, uh, everyone is from somewhere. It's my buddy Scott Van Pelt's line that I borrow all the time, and, and it's true. And I will not hide for one second my, uh, my affinity for the university and my loyalty to it. And when they play Boston College next week, I'll be rooting just like everybody else. But because it's what the job calls for, and it's fair to all the teams, the fans that are watching, much like I did any other Syracuse game I broadcast, you can park that, uh, that emotion for three and a half hours and do your job the right way. Uh, for all the fans involved, and then uh, pick up fandom afterwards for sure.
0: You certainly can, and, and we know that you will. Mike, thanks again for the time, and uh, always enjoy seeing you and, and
1: hearing you on the calls. Uh, appreciate catching up with you guys. Have a great week. It's a great circus week in New York, so hope, hope everyone enjoys it.
0: Absolutely. Mike Tirico from NBC Sports, the, the voice of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the the host of NBC Olympics and Football Night in America, among many other responsibilities over at NBC. Always great catching up with Mike. Uh, let's take a time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show after this on ESPN Radio.